All right, what is up, college baseball fans? We are back, and when I say we are back, I mean all of college baseball is officially back. What a weekend, dude. What a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And we ain't done. We got a game Tuesday. About to start Old Dominion, Virginia, battling for the South Carolina Super Regional here against Dallas Baptist. But, dude, let's just backtrack. I mean, as far as, like, social media goes and our Twitter account, like, I was going through it to prepare for the show. It took me almost an hour. There was just so many unbelievable highlights this weekend. And I think all of social media rallied around college baseball this weekend. Forget the NBA playoffs. Forget MLB's regular season. Like, college baseball was where it was at this weekend. 1,000%. I think college softball was up there. but Dude, Yeah, softball too. I actually did watch a lot of that. Um, it was like James Madison, Oklahoma yesterday. It was I this is this is just an a personal opinion. Like softball's electric, but dude, I'm 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 college baseball. And that's just my personal opinion. Um, that's my personal preference. Um, I think college baseball is just so much more electric. I mean, we're talking about a regional compared to college softball world series. Like they're at the peak of their sport, and I'm still taking college baseball, but that's just me. Yeah. Um, but I mean, nothing against the college softball because I actually watched that. I think softball is a fun sport to watch on TV. And, but anyway, going back to the college baseball weekend, it definitely is. Holy I, shit, dude. What a weekend. Where do we start? I mean, I think we have to start with Arkansas at Bomb Walker against Nebraska last night. And what Charlie Welsh did to hit the, the three run homer to put kind of put the game to an end there. That was where I wanted to start this podcast. But obviously, we have Drew Gilbert at Tennessee, and his walk-off Grand Slam was a huge moment. We'll get to that. Uh, we have LSU and Palmineri getting to a Super Regional. Drew Benfield. Yeah, Andrew Benfield from Drew, Dallas Baptist. Dallas Baptist. Grand Slam. I mean, it's just so good to see all of these games televised on, and at least streamable. Yesterday, every game was on either ESPN2 or ESPNU. And then all weekend, it was on ESPN+. Plus. And people are starting to finally pay attention to this amazing sport we have. And, I mean, it's just like there's little things, too, that happen on social media. Like Ben Murphy, the guy that's the news anchor in Tampa, kind of just putting the University of Florida baseball program in a body bag and roasting him from just the worst showing this weekend. And then, like, Notre Dame, who's just given the middle finger to everybody who said, you know, Notre Dame shouldn't be a national seed because they didn't play a non-conference schedule and no midweek games. And then they go out and put up a bajillion runs and just tear through their regional. And, and Did you see, dude, Ben, they outscored that regional 50 to 5. Yeah, it, like no game was even close. I think they hit like 16 home runs as a team. And and speaking of home runs, like we called Unreal. it we called it a week ago. The NCAA is 100% juicing the baseballs. Like these are 2017 MLB World Series baseballs they're using where if you just barrel it up, it flies out of the stadium. And we've seen a record amount of home runs in regionals like ever, correct? Like this is the most home I, runs by like 50 in a in a regional. So we were so dude as of as of the, I want to say it was the sixth inning on Sunday night of the Old Dominion Virginia game. We were at two forty six. It was um, it was Notre Dame's Ryan Cody Ryan Ryan Cole's home run. Okay, think about Notre Dame playing Central Michigan. That was the that was the home run to tie the regional record for most home runs the regional weekend with two forty six. We still had all of the Dallas Baptist game. We had back-to-back home runs plus another one in that Virginia game. We had all day yesterday. Dude, we're pushing 300 home runs. Oh, it, I think it's like like 296 right now or 295. I just looked on Twitter. And, yeah, it's just like it's unbelievable how obvious it was during conference championship weekend. NCAA said, hey, you know what? We're, we're building a lot of momentum. Let's go ahead and juice these baseballs up so that we can have more bat flips, more home runs, more excitement. I'm all for it. I think that's a good decision. I, I think I think I think it's way more exciting um, as and, a pitcher. And if you think about it, I'm sorry to cut you off, but if you think about it, what's the one downfall of TD Ameritrade Ballpark in Omaha? It's no, like the, the ballpark is huge. There's no home runs. Like College World Series is kind of dead. Yeah, the College World Series is kind of dead. This year, there's going to be balls flying out of TD Ameritrade, and I'm excited for it. Like it's going to make it that much more exciting and interesting for like the average fan. Um, a hundred percent, dude. But somebody, so what was crazy to me was 
that was a home run. Even there was two home runs that really like made me like just was like, yeah, there's no fucking way. Stanford hit a ball in the first inning against UCLA, Ryan off the end of the bat. It was like one of those like just full straight arm, just kind of flick, you know. Yeah. And the the ball would went thirty feet out of the yard, and then. Oregon hit a home run down the left field line. Like I saw that. It, one. it looked like the dude barely sliced it and it was gonna just go foul or something. Yeah. And the ball went 20 feet out of the yard. And I'm just like, dude, these balls are literally ping pong balls. Did, did you, know you watch did you watch the VCU versus Campbell game where it was like 19 to 14 they or 19 were hitting, <laughs> They were booming balls all over the park. I mean, it was not even fun to I mean, it was fun to watch. Uh, but the but, the amount of home runs and the amount of balls that just looked like pop-ups that would just carry 100 feet over the fence was incredible. They were using golf balls. I mean, pitching staff got absolutely wrecked yeah. all over the country this weekend. I mean, talk about getting wrecked. I mean, they did – it was like if you threw three innings and three runs, that was honestly not a bad outing. Yeah, exactly. And then people's ERAs inflated like crazy. But there was one guy – whose ERA did not inflate one bit, and that was Kevin Copps, your Golden Spikes Award winner. 1,000%. I will bet my big toe that Kevin Copps wins the Golden Spikes this year. What that guy did this weekend was incredible, and he is the closer slash emergency stopper for the Arkansas Razorbacks, number one team in the country. He went 13 and a third innings, zero runs, 15 strikeouts, only six hits, and – Went seven innings in relief yesterday to save Arkansas. Zero walk. walk. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable what he's doing. Arkansas was losing to Nebraska uh, after losing to him the day before, and on elimination, like if the number one team in the country loses out of the tournament, the rest of the field is pumped up, right? And Kevin Copps comes in third inning and finishes out the game. And it's not only that, what he did yesterday, it was the coming in against New Jersey Institute of Technology, who is probably America's team now. We'll talk about them in a little bit. The, they were beating Arkansas, which would have been the biggest upset in sports history. I don't care what anybody says. And comes in, shuts the door, and then boom, Arkansas scores runs. Same thing happened against Nebraska on Saturday. Like Nebraska is you know, threatening and taking a lead. He comes in, boom, Arkansas scores runs. Does the same thing yesterday. And I mean, he threw over 140 pitches over three days or over a four-day span. And it makes sense. I mean, he's a six-year senior, Dimitri. I saw he's a biomedical engineering major. Like, incredible. Incredible smart kid. And, and people are bitching on Twitter about, like, oh, you're going to give that guy arm surgery or, like, Tommy John's coming his way. I don't think he cares. He's not a first-round draft pick. He's not even a top-five-round draft pick in, like, most scouts' eyes. And... I don't think he cares. I think this is the most important baseball he's ever going to play. Sure, he'll have a pro career. He'll get drafted. He might make it to the major leagues. He might not. But he is going to be a biomedical engineer. Like, six-year senior, I think he just says, I'm going to throw until my arm th falls off. Like, this is the most important thing to me. I'll, I'll figure it out later in life. Like, would you agree? Dude, I, I think Kevin Cobb, this is where people got it gotta understand i think kevin cop cares about more about arkansas baseball and he is willing to put a career on the line to win a national championship for arkansas i think he cares more about arkansas than a twenty-five thousand dollar draft signing bonus or five thousand dollar signing bonus and going to play high a for a couple of years and then hanging him up like, could he be a big league pitcher? I mean, if he starts picking up some below and stuff, but I don't think he, at this moment in his career, he doesn't give a shit. He wants to win a national championship. I'm sure he told Dave Van Horn, I'm pitching every day because I don't think Dave Van Horn would have thrown him out there unless Kevin Cobb said, I want to do it. I want to oh, do it. This is what I care about. This is what I'm, I live for. This is what I came here for. Um, no, but now on the flip side, I was going to say, if anything, like he's helping his draft stock tremendously, just showing that he can throw every single day for multiple innings. Like, I mean, yeah, sure. He'll never do this again, but I guess pro teams are probably sitting here like, dude, what is it about this guy that it's just so good? Is it his, his breaking ball just unhittable? His fastball, like, swings in a miss? 
Like maybe he, we can work with him. Maybe we can make him even better. Yeah, he's a little old, but he's still got, he's still got plenty of years left in the tank. Yeah, and so, then, so I mean, if anything, I think there's going to be a team in like the second or third round that just says, you know what, like we'll sign this guy for hundred thousand, maybe two hundred thousand, save us some money on the uh, on the draft capital. I but think, I think Cobb has a legitimate chance to be a second, maybe third round day. Uh, he'll be, I think, I think he's definitely going to be a top 20 pick of hundred percent or top 20 round pick. But going back to the whole thing, people are like freaking out. Oh, his arm. I think the most impressive thing is how is this guy going two innings on, okay. Two innings on Friday, then four on Saturday. It's like usually like the limit, like for example, yeah. for myself, I'd done that before. And it's very man, it's very possible to do, but you feel you you are you feel it on Sunday and Monday. You are so sore. Yeah. Um, but for him to go out and throw seven innings like seven a starter, more, dude. That's what I'm saying. Like a starter, it's absolutely incredible. And it wasn't like he had command issues. He was just tired. It looked like the dude hadn't pitched in a week and he was fresh. I mean, it blows I mean, my mind. It was man. unbelievable. Like I, I, I know so many guys who can, we can, nobody, none of us can do that, that I know of. It's hard for my teammates, my friends. I've gone three and four. That's the most I've ever done. And that was hard. Yeah. Like so, in the last inning, I was starting to feel it. Like I, I think I had like a walk. My velo was down. Cops was still 90, 91. He was still spinning that, that breaking ball in there or that cutter. And he was still painting. He was still nailed. Yeah. And and I'll tell you what probably and helped I'm him out like, a little dude, bit. Tip my I'm, cap. Something that helped him out, man. That crowd at Bomb Walker Stadium was the most impressive. Adrenaline. I mean, it was the most impressive college baseball crowd I have ever seen. And if you look back to a year ago, like last June, like it almost literally like gives. I mean, it literally gives me goosebumps thinking about like where we were a year ago and like where Arkansas is at now. Um, like. 14,000 people in the stadium. I don't understand how they pack so many people behind left field. I mean, it's like a bunch of like anchovies in the ocean. Like they're just so compact tightly. Like, dude, it's unbelievable. Like it, it doesn't even and like, in my opinion, and I'm going to piss a lot of Mississippi state fans off here. It's not even close. The different, like as far as more electric atmosphere, duty noble versus bomb Walker, like bomb Walker stadium, like it was not even close. Like Bob Walker stadium is that much better. And the number one college baseball team in the country and the number one stadium atmosphere, I would say. I think, I think so here, here's the way I think of like duty noble. It's more of like a, like a high class, like con like a, like a, like a dinner in a, in a concert kind of thing, or like a play, like it's still really loud. It's still really packed unbelievable atmosphere but i think a bomb walker as it has your classy behind this behind home plate state crowd got your people down the line that are like you know like more of like a nice professional atmosphere stadium and but left field just gives it that mosh pit electric feel yeah it's like it's like you have to earn your way to left field like it's a privilege to be out there and like I, I like I think I think I think Bomb Walker was a hundred percent more electric. If if let's just say, do you think if Southern Miss? I'm trying to think of a team like, or do you think of like? I'm just trying to think. Think of the like. All right, let's just say Texas was at Mississippi State, and they were playing a game seven. I think it would have pretty been pretty damn electric at Duty Noble as well. Oh, it's always electric at Duty Noble. The the, the best comparison I but have I, for. Um, yeah, the best comparison I have for it is like Baum Walker Stadium is like a outdoor music concert, and Duty Noble's more of like a like a football tailgate, I guess. Like you know, both are no, fun. No, no. Both I, are would, I would say Duty Noble's more like like in New York City. What did that place? Where that place where they go to for plays and stuff? Broadway. The Broadway, like it's, it could be loud. It, like, I don't know. I think that might be a bad comparison, but you, it's, I'm trying, I think I'm trying to reach here. Like the comparison <laughs> is it's full, everybody's into it, but it doesn't just have that extra feel about it. Because yeah, like when live going on, that bomb, it was electric there too. I think it's electric, but dude, watching bomb Walker 
which is something different. Or duty. The, the last thing we'll say about this, because I, I think we're comparing like different things here, but duty noble is a lot more organized. You know, you have your sections for the, for the grills and everybody has their own section. Something bomb, like Walker, that. bomb Walker is just like free for all everybody, every man for themselves. And it's just darkness, just pure abyss back there. And I love it. It's just aesthetically pleasing to me, um, but it doesn't take anything away. Like, uh, no, no, no. Between Bomb Walker, Duty Noble, like Swayze, um, uh, Lindsey Nelson, like all these places were so fun to watch. The SEC did a great job with their fans. And it just, it was so funny. The tweet that you put out on the account about you, you go from the Arkansas game to the Stanford game where there's 150 people in the stadium. And they still like, had a capacity limit. Like, dude, <laughs> get the fuck out of here with that. Like, what are we doing? The, the transition from from that game straight over to Stanford, it's like, what the? This is such a difference, man. This is crazy. Like I, it, it, it is so stupid. Like I don't care what anybody says. It is so stupid that they're still holding on to these capacity rules. Like, dude, I haven't heard someone mention the word COVID in like three weeks. Yeah, like, you're also like, in Italy. What? You're also no, in Italy. You're not social media. Like, I'm not going to sit here and claim it's over because I'm not an expert on that. I, I don't know if it's over or not. But, dude, it's basically over without saying it's over. Like, open up your damn stadium. Like, the whole country is living life back to normal. And you're trying to play a game on ESPN2 with 150 people. That's a bad look, dude. That's a, That's a bad, bad look. look. <laughs> it was a terrible look. If, and I'm a recruit, if I'm a recruit, I'm going to Arkansas over Stanford just on that. Let's talk about like, this, about bad look. The University of Florida opens up a $65 million stadium, doesn't sell it out for regional weekend, and their team, who was the consensus number one overall team in the country to start the season, goes out and goes two in barbecue, lose to South Florida the first game, lose to – uh Miami no, no no South Alabama oh get absolutely the crap beat out of them it's 19 to 1 to South Alabama in the yep. game like that was the most pathetic showing I've ever seen uh, a, a number one seed in my history of ever watching college baseball that was just like embarrassing it, it, it's up there I, I I mean I don't know if there's another one out there but on at the, right now it would be the most pathetic showing I've ever seen and I shout mean, out to Ben Murphy the the news anchor from Tampa who just absolutely roasted the Gators eviscerated he eviscerated the Florida yes. baseball program there, it was it was so bad that even Florida fans were commenting on that video on social media and if you don't know what we're talking about please go look it's like Ben Murphy TV uh is his Twitter handle the, they, were to, fans, they were trying to they were trying to they were like, yeah, like that wasn't a good look. Like we they were trying to defend it, but very, very, un, uh, very uh, unmotivated. Like they were, they wanted to defend their program, but they knew they just had no room. To no it. chance. No and chance at all. It, like somebody mentioned, oh, if you know, when Sully goes to LSU, Vitello's going to Florida. I'm like, no, the hell he's not. No, he is not. not going to Gainesville. He is not leave, leaving Tennessee to go to Gainesville and right now I mean it's one year enough to make a make it evaluation on this as of today shit Tennessee is a better gig than Florida I mean Florida can get your top team top talent in the state of Florida they're always going to have a really talented team but I would rather take let's just say we're playing MLB the show and you have a 97 overall team and you're playing in Gainesville I'd take the 93 overall team and play in Tennessee Yes. No, a thousand percent. And like, I always wondered, like, why is like Coach O'Sullivan trying to get out of Florida? Like, why is he always rumored to take like the Texas job or take the LSU job, whatever it is in the past? And I always said, like, why would he want to leave? Oh, I get it now. Like, he's probably so pissed. Like the Florida's fans, Florida faithful just aren't existent. There's probably a thousand fans that care about baseball. And this is a team who won a national championship in 2017. Not long ago at all. And I always wondered why I mean, Florida State and Miami have better crowds. Yeah. And, and even if you go to like, like a Jacksonville or a Stetson game, like they have really good crowds there. It's something about the Florida, like Gainesville area. I think maybe people think they're too good for it. They're too high class. Like Florida almost like pretends like they're not an SEC team. Like you think about the SEC fan bases and it, it's not in every sport. And Florida doesn't get there for anything besides football and even football. Like their their tailgating and their traditions and stuff aren't as strong as any. Oh, other did no, 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 no. 
Florida football is a, is a different level. Like is Florida it? football no. is SEC. Oh, like I've, been I've never to, been to a game. I just assumed. I've been to the swamp. That place is loud, man. That place is SEC style. Like their baseball and their football, you cannot even compare them. You wouldn't even think it was the same school. Yeah. They are good. They, I will give Florida credit in football. That place is loud. Yeah. Well, they're frauds but, in baseball. Absolute frauds is it, embarrassing. But shout out to South Florida. I said it, dude. Every every year we get a four seed in the super regional. It feels like I have no stats to back that up. I'm too lazy to look it up. But South Florida wins the AAC tournament. Only way they could get into the field of 64. They yep. do that. And they just run off. They win f- three out of four games, won the first two. And then South they Alabama, our, our boys at South Alabama made it close. But South Florida, they had enough just to get through. So they're going to a super regional at Texas. That'll be a good experience. And speaking of Texas, just real quick, what a cakewalk regional they had. They had two four seeds and then Arizona State, who should have been not, I don't even, I don't even think they should have been in the tournament, but at the very least a three seed and somehow they make it a two seed. I don't know how that happened. There was, would you say Texas had the easiest regional? Yes. Not it's not even a question. Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame had a tougher regional and they made it look easy. Yes. Well, that, that's what I was going to say. Like Central, if you matched it up, Central Michigan against Southern. Central Michigan beats Southern ten times out of ten, and then the three seeds, if you matched them up, Fairfield and Michigan. I think Michigan beats Fairfield at least seven times out of ten, and then two seeds, UConn versus uh, Arizona State. Eh, probably both should have been three seeds, in my opinion, but. Yeah, Notre Dame and Texas took care Hold of on. business. Wait, wait, wait. You're good. I I, I was talking. You're good. I know, <laughs> I know I, your internet I, lagged out, but you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know how you, you can just edit that however you want. I'm not going to edit it. We're just going to leave it in. Um, but yeah, um, so Texas and Notre Dame just beat the shit out of everybody this weekend. Good for them. Now, as far as what also impressed me, Texas Tech for the fifth straight year is going to do a super regional. And we've said it a hundred times. Is it, is it, I think Mississippi State is going through a fifth straight regional. Texas just swept their third straight regional, but they've missed a year, I think. Oh, I think you might be right. But we've said it. We've said it for the last three years on the podcast. Texas Tech in May and June, and when they host regionals and play at home, it's a cheat code, man. You can't win in Lubbock. It doesn't matter who you are. Like UCLA was the two seed, who was the number two overall team, another team that was a fraud similar to Florida. And maybe it's because we put high expectations on them. But you thought like maybe they'd be. I want to say, I wouldn't say UCLA was a fraud because no, they, they absolutely they were competed in that regional. Like they, they, they would just, they just missed. The, you know, they were a couple plays away, whatever. But um, I don't think UCLA is a fraud. But I think Texas Tech is that good. Yeah, Texas Tech at home is that good. Like Drew Baker and Cal Conley and and, and just go down like Rombach, like all those guys just. They just hit the crap out of the ball. And now you juice the baseballs for them too. The balls just go that much further. And the amount of swag that Tim Tadlock's team has every June is unmatched. It's it's unmatched. They're gonna they're gonna be in a a tough regional though, because I was or super regional, because I was impressed with Stanford all weekend. The the way they hit the ball. Now their pitching depth isn't quite there, but I believe Stanford's going to Texas Tech next weekend if i'm looking at the bracket correctly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and and i think it's going to be a little bit closer than what people think but just shout out to lubbock i mean that place is a is a dark hole for opponents you don't want to go to lubbock in june don't want to go to lubbock in june don't even schedule a flight there might as well not show up um moving on to another big storyline and i know there's a million storylines and i apologize to fans who maybe are waiting for their team let's real quick sean stiffler bcu we can dabble in that Starkville regional. So VCU head coach, they won their first game against Campbell. They they destroyed him. I think it was like 19 to 4 or something like that. <laughs> Your tweet where it was like, hey, VCU, save some runs for tomorrow. Because it was every inning they were putting up a crooked number. It was like 19 to um, 4 or whatever. So VCU head coach basically in his post-game presser was like, hey, I tell my guys, this is the moment we live for. This is what we want. Um, we're excited. We we take it as a challenge rather than being scared of the environment that Mississippi State was going to bring. The way he did the charisma, the way he projected his message, was just was just so strong. Like it wasn't it wasn't like he was yelling. It wasn't like he was 
just electricity, the way his, you can feel the confidence. You can feel that he's like a leader of, of dude. Like he leads a t- an army yeah, into he, war. He has the same vibes as Vitello at Tennessee. Just like pure confidence. Dude. I, maybe even more than Vitello, dude. to be honest. So let me, I'm going to tell you, I'll have some opinions on Vitello in a second. But v- yeah, VCU head coach, he's a, he just boosted his, um, his, I would say his stock at the coach this weekend. Um, you know what this reminds me of? And they didn't make it to a super regional. VCU didn't because they got they ran into the Bulldogs and Mississippi State. But he reminds me a lot. Eliminated them. Yeah, and he reminds me a lot of Matt Braga from Tennessee Tech. When Braga went from Tennessee Tech to Rice, made that big jump just out of nowhere. Nobody expected it. This is the same vibes I get, just strong leader, someone who has had success at a program, mid-major program for a long time. Like this VCU team is not is not used to losing. They've won 35 straight games at, or 35 games in the last like five or six straight seasons. Uh, I mean they so, won 20, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like they've they won 22 in a row. And he's just the type of guy that I feel like if he walks into an interview at whatever school, he's gonna leave impressing whoever he's with. Oh, yeah, he will definitely win the interview. He will definitely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. He he just knew how to talk. He knew how to convince someone to believe whatever he is saying. And I'm not a, I'm not a speech scientist. Like, I don't know how to break down, like, why they feel that way, but I just, just the feeling I got. Yeah, but, and, and so talking about that uh, Starkville Regional, I mean, it, it kind of sucked because of the rain, so I feel like it limited capacity. Like, obviously, the games were packed. And State, but they played at noon against Campbell in that final in that game yeah. six, and it was it was just a weird schedule with the rain and everything. But I, I was super impressed with Duty Noble. I mean, I, once again, they live and die from regionals and super regionals. And hey, you know. give Duty Noble and I mean, you got to put Bomb Walker in this conversation too. But Duty Noble, the way they make players love playing college baseball i mean campbell just got eliminated they were handed out trays of food of barbecue and rib as they walked along the outfield fence high which i think it's an ncaa violation i'm just going to go out and say it i think it's an ncaa violation for them to be given food but i'm gonna overlook it wait 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 a minute you just opened a can of worms that i didn't even think about is that a violation I think it is a violation. Now, I'm all for it. I, I thought that was awesome. The way that the, the home crowds at Arkansas, Mississippi State, I'm sure there's others, embrace the four seeds and three seeds, teams that they know they're going to come in and they're going to you know, beat the crap out of. But, yes, the way I think they were given food at the end of the state or at the end of the game, walking around the outfield stadium, getting plates of food and trays, I want to say that's an NCAA violation, Dimitri. I want to say it. I, I think – Imagine I, I, if the whole Campbell team gets suspended next year for like five games. I don't, <laughs> I don't think it is. And here's why I don't think it is. I think cooking food and then giving someone the leftovers is different than buying someone a meal with a monetary value. Like, like I think like if like, okay, let's say a Campbell player would just walking down the streets of Starkville. Somebody doesn't know who they are. They're just a regular civilian in life. And someone says, hey, here's a plate of food. We have a bunch of leftovers. Do you want it? And they take it. I don't think that's a benefit in terms of affecting the playing field or in terms of recruiting or whatever. You know what I mean? So I don't think that – I think what they're doing is can be a violation in terms of like, hey, what if one of those Campbell players wants to go play for Mississippi State now because they're fans – cook them food so i think you could be right in that's, that that's the way i was looking at it but i don't think the ncaa is going to do anything now of course ncaa oh, no. is terrible oh, when they find me another sport that does that they're so awesome they cooked food for them they gave them really good food and like dude it's just one big happy family the way that arkansas fans and mississippi state fans and i hate making this whole show about them even though i think they're all great but the way they embrace the four seeds like new jersey institute of technology came in and they were instant like fan favorites they come watch the arkansas nebraska game because their flight was delayed or whatever and and like the way that they make them feel at home and you see it with like central connecticut state back in 2019 and and teams they make them feel important Make them feel important. And, like, they make the kids look forward to going there. Like, New Jersey Institute of Technology knew they were not going to win uh, the game against Arkansas. Now, they won a game against Northeastern and, and won the first ever um, 
what am, what am I trying to say? Their first ever postseason game. And but like the kids after that getting interviewed, they were saying like that was we were pumped to go there. We wanted to go there because we, we knew about the the way that they treated their their other teams and the experiences are like not comparable with anything else. So and, and then Campbell got the same treatment and um, Samford and VCU, like these fans that travel, like even like parents of players and fans go there and they just get embraced. Like, it's just so cool to see. There's not another sport like it, maybe football, but at the same time, these football teams don't play like mid-major football doesn't play high level football in the postseason. It just doesn't happen. And it, it's just such a cool experience for, for me as a, like an outside third party. Yo, dude. Yo, dude. I want to go back to Vitello before I forget. So I've always been a huge Vitello fan. I know you have too, and I think you still are, and I still am too. But I'm starting to not like him as much. And here, Ooh, and, here and it's why? a hot take. Dude, the way he the way he's been like the last month of the season, I've had people text me saying, dude, I don't I'm not a Fitello fan. And if you remember in 2019, he when he when they Liberty beat them in their regional. He gave this interview like he is better than, than them. Like he's just a better person. He's just better. Like he said, all, he came up with all these excuses why Tennessee lost to Liberty. And it was just like, dude, it's baseball. You lose some, you win some. Like, like give your credit where credit's due and move on. But he excused it. And then Drew Gilbert hit the home run on Friday night, which was electric. Vitello just like ran out of the dugout and ran down the field and did a bunch of like weird things. I'm like, dude. You're one of us. Like, he's one of us. Like, I love it. But at the same time, I'm like, dude, this guy, this guy's kind of annoying. And then, like, he, the way he, he's screaming, the way, he, like, I mean, the whole thing with Van Horn and him, it's just like, I feel like this guy, is, I don't know if he's trying too hard or, like, what his deal is. But it just, it, it rubs me the wrong way sometimes. No, like, I, he's a he's the coach. Like, what are you doing with these, some of these antics? Yeah. And, and so... It's kind of like, like the, you know I, see, I see what you're saying. Like, he's not like the Nick Sabans or anything. He's more of like the coach O, like from LSU, if you compare it in football, college football terms. He's not the guy that's going to remain quiet and dead faced every single time. And the Bill Belichick's like the, you know, hey, okay, like, thanks for, you know, he's not going to be the boring guy. He's the Sean McVay of, of the NFL, like someone who's going to be energetic at all times, can't control his emotions, pumps everybody up. Like the way Vitello was celebrating with the fans, like in the, in the, what is it? Like I think that's creatures? awesome, but it's just, it's just weird. Like it it's rubs different. I think way. it's just different for you because it, it is different in college baseball. Imagine all the old heads, the old white heads, uh, white haired guys that are coaching college baseball that are just boring. And, you know, Mike it goes back to like Mike Martin and Paul Maneri. Like, obviously they have some emotion, um, but you're not used to seeing a young coach who's at an SEC school, who's over there, like just trying to fire up a fan base. And I like the way he celebrated. You know, he was acting like a like a player. He was in full uniform, um, just like co baseball coaches always are. Like he's not better than the team. He's not there to 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 play the situation down. He's there to hype it up. And like that's why I like him. Yeah. I don't I don't think he's fake at all. I think he's just a little different breed than what we're used to seeing. And I and I like that he 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 you he you blah, 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 blah. I can't even talk. I I like how he like a player um he's like a coach amongst the players like you don't you like if you're looking at a team photo of tennessee and you didn't know anything about it you could not pick him out as the coach you would exactly. think he's just no, another that, player you're right you're right about that so i think that's pretty cool and i like that but i don't know man i just i'm getting i just get these like dude this guy's annoying like like yeah. he's kind of like you know but that's just me i love vitello i still like him i think he's he should be paid. I think they should back up the, the Brinks truck for him and pay him whatever he wants because he is building something. And at the end of the day, success and wins are what matters, and he's doing it. So yes. I would never – if I was the athletic director of Tennessee, I would still hire him, even if he – I was kind of like, dude, what is he doing, you know? Like, right. I would still hire him. You, you but, have to. He's, he's a different breed, and he's built a baseball program that actually means something now. And I think they're here to yeah. stay. I think Tennessee will be good for a long time. Um, staying in the SEC, let's go through that Ole Miss regional. Uh, a, a lot tougher than the regional down the road in Starkville. The Southern Miss Golden Eagles put up a great fight yesterday against Ole Miss, but the real storyline in that was, was two players that stepped up. Doug Nikhazy coming back after starting Saturday 
to come, like get them out of a jam in the Southern Miss game. Bases loaded two outs, down by three or four, and, and striking the hitter out. And then, of course, Tim Elko, man. Three homers, three more home runs with a torn ACL. The guy is just what everything you want in a captain. Like playing, not, not hurt, but literally injured. Uh, an injury that takes a lot of people out for more than a year. And he's out there hitting home runs, leading the team. And that LSU team with the fan base they have behind, like they are going to be, in my opinion, a sleeper for Omaha. They just have something about them. Ole Miss. Oh. Like Derek Diamond showed up Friday and shoved. And, and Doug Nikhazy wins every start he, he pitches in. And Dude. So that's super regional with Ole Miss and Arizona. Take the over in every single game. The like the runs are going to be at a premium, man. Like there are going to be millions. There's going to be so many runs in that super regional, and it's just going to come down to the final swing. Yes, I mean, I I didn't know Oxford had enough beer for all the beer showers that were going on this weekend. Like every time you look up, they, there was they, just a they beer were shower. running out because they were running out because when uh, I think it was Leatherwood hit a home run to right. Um, there were just a few like people spraying beer. Cups were empty. Yeah, they're running out, dude. Coolers they're like, are low. They're like, hey, this is getting kind of expensive over here, and like Oxford's running out of beer at the gas station. So let's uh let's save up a little bit. But yeah, you know, the best thing that's happened for Ole Miss is that they're not hosting a super regional because I don't think there's enough beer in Oxford to to host a super regional as well, especially with all the home runs are going to hit against Arizona's pitching. And then Arizona, on the other hand, runs through their regional as well. Their pitching stepped up. I thought teams like Grand Canyon were going to give them trouble. No, dude, Santa Barbara, Santa Barbara just ran into a hot Arizona lineup because I thought Santa Barbara, and they had a chance to, you know, they had a chance in that regional. And I mean, they destroyed Oklahoma State yeah. twice. Oklahoma State had no pitching, no pitching whatsoever. And, I mean, East but, Carolina, East Carolina ran their their regional pretty easily. let's talk about that man dude that was an sec atmosphere the the jungle was packed it was rocking the i love there's something about like a short outfield fence and we've talked about this before and it's so stupid but a short outfield fence like below eight feet where like fans you can see the fans like mississippi state has it as well and it's it just so makes it, it makes it like weird. an instant like hitters ballpark, no matter if the fence is 400 feet away or not. Like a short fence with like the fans right there on top just feels like the ball flies better there. And dude, it was electric. They had to come back and win a game against uh, was it Maryland or somebody, maybe Charlotte, but no, East Carolina, East Carolina never. Um, they, they had never, to come back. They Charlotte. I think okay. Maryland beat Char- uh, Charlotte. No, no, they played Charlotte on Saturday. And I think oh, that's they, right. That's they, right. Maryland ran back and win. Yeah. And then yeah. Maryland walked off Charlotte on Sunday, but yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a good regional. I mean, Charlotte didn't win as much as I thought they would. I thought that was a real sleeper pick to win that regional, but East Carolina showed up. Now they're going to a super regional in Nashville. And I don't think they're going to beat Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter and those guys, but Vandy showed a lot of vulnerability. Would hey. you Georgia Tech, speaking of Vanderbilt, Georgia Tech showed up. Yeah, they did. And they that, showed up. Georgia um, Tech was a was a team that I put a blue star next to for this week in their performance. Obviously, it's tough to beat Vanderbilt at home, and um, they didn't end up doing it. But go weekend. back to Friday when they were down against Indiana State and hit the comeback in the seventh inning and then kind of carried that momentum, played well against Vanderbilt on Saturday, and then yes – or. Sunday. And eliminated Indiana State. Yeah, they eliminated Indiana State and come back and almost beat Vanderbilt in what was a game that a lot of people were sleeping on. Like, not a lot of people were paying attention, but it was a back and forth game, uh, absolute electric atmosphere. And then Drew Compton coming up two outs in the last inning and hitting an oppo bomb, his like third or fourth on the weekend to tie it up. I was like, I was like, Georgia Tech's going to win this game. Vanderbilt has no pitching left. I mean, Vanderbilt went through like eight pitchers in one inning. It was like five, or maybe I think it was five pitching changes in one inning to just get a guy to throw strikes. Like their staff was dead. No way they were coming back out the next day and beating Georgia Tech. So yeah. Vanderbilt hey, won the regional, never, but they're vulnerable, man. If you get them they deep, are vulnerable. deep in their pitching staff, they are going to be a team that, uh, Dude, lucky enough, another, they have a good offense, though. Yeah. Put another team I'm going to put your blue star next to, Liberty. 
that team was that they that is a really fucking good team. I mean, they, they just had put Tennessee. they just put Duke on a like in a rear naked choke all weekend. Starting with the first pitch of the first game, hit a home run to lead off against Duke on Friday. They they bow raced Duke right out of the right out of that region. Both games, dude. Speaking of Friday night, since we're in this regional, Rice State, man. They oh. had Tennessee on the ropes. They had them beat. They couldn't throw strikes. You jinxed I mean, it. You jinxed it. You how? tweeted about it. You tweeted about it and said, everybody tune in to watch Wright State like, or something like that. I, I said, tune in to watch this finish. It's going to be electric. And it was. But, dude, there, dude. Was, there was four home runs this weekend, and that literally got me out of my seat. And the Drew Gilbert one was the best reaction I had as far as, like, I think I fell out of my chair. Uh, with the walk-off grand slam, down by three runs, what every kid dreams of. Uh, obviously, there was the uh, – I'm just losing tra- – oh, the Charlie Welsh home run yesterday for Arkansas. That one, I jumped up and went crazy. And I'm going to tell you something. I was actually at work when that happened. but Three regionals. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something. Rice State walked the house grand slam, okay? Yep. Nebraska walked the house bomb. Grand slam. Oregon State walked the house, bomb. All three of those teams were in the driver's seat to win game, and they walked literally three people in a row and gave gave up ensuing home runs. Literally the exact same thing. Oregon State had and two outs. No, but and no, that's the had, difference, man. The pitching depth is like it really showed for some teams. It, but it was their dues. Oregon State had their closer in the bullpen. They hadn't even used them yet. They were trying to get to him, and and dude, they got way too cute with. They tried to do their strategy all year, set a man, set a man closer. Arkansas went straight to their closer. Rice State went. They tried to get cute with it, and then they brought in another guy. But these Oregon State walked three people. But going focusing on the Tennessee one, Rice State, they, they brought in a guy. He got an out, walked the guy. They went straight to the next guy out of the bullpen. He walked the next two guys, and then bomb, game over. Yeah, I mean, game over just like that. Like, how many walk off home runs did the Tennessee hit this year in the last? I, at home? I mean, Evan Russell was. I mean, dude, I don't know, I don't know. But there's something about the ninth inning at Tennessee that just like gives other teams nightmares. But let me ask you this question. Yeah, if Rice Day wins that game Friday night, did Tennessee did Tennessee win that regional? No. I don't think so at all because they would have to go through. I mean, I, I would just assume Liberty would have, would have beaten right right state, and then they would have to beat Liberty twice with like less pitching. And Liberty gave them fits in that. In that, I think they lost three to one, but it yeah. was a great game. I think if I don't know, I mean, it's tough to tell. You, you don't I know, think, for, I but think, I think I think right game one legitimate shot of beating Liberty in that winners bracket game. Well, I mean, what, what was the NCAA doing in that regional, man? Like, Liberty's a great team. We had them ranked number one in the mid-major. You have Duke, who is one of the hottest teams in the nation coming through the ACC. And then Wright State is a four-seed. Like, RPI-wise, they should have been a two-seed. And, of course, they're not going to give yeah, them a two-seed. But unbelievable. And the did, fact that Tennessee ran through it, or not ran through it, but they survived 3-0, yeah. impressive. Very impressive. And so they actually get rewarded with – who are they playing in a super regional? I was looking through it and it was who? who? Who's Tennessee? Oh, Palmineri is going back. To yes, yes, dude. Yes. How have we not talked about LSU yet? But um, yes, yeah, so Tennessee, LSU. LSU, Tennessee, LSU this weekend. Who let those guys in the tournament, man? Who let LSU in this tournament? Because we saw it. We literally on our show previewing the regional, we said this is the exact same thing that's going to happen that yeah. happened to Florida State in 2019 with Mike Martin announcing retirement. And Palmineri yeah. announcing retirement, and then boom, they lose the first game to our boy Alec Jacobs at Gonzaga, who shoved, and then they go he back. LSU wins four straight games, and and all of them in dramatic fashion. Walk off against Central Connecticut State. You're thinking, okay, LSU's dead. Then they come back and win a game, and then they come back and win a game. Gonzaga, and then they come back. And last night's game was so emotional. It was like an emotional roller coaster for both teams. Back and forth, ball was flying. Guys couldn't throw strikes, uh, errors. There was errors and and mental errors and things like that. Like LSU took the lead on a on a go ahead balk because the first baseman crashed and nobody was there to cover first base. And yeah, by the way, when I saw that happen, he picked off the first. Honestly, dude, I didn't even realize that was the rule that the ball had to go to first base. 
Like you yeah. couldn't throw it like in front. Like I, as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh yeah, you can't do that. Yeah. But I never thought about it that way. And everybody on LSU was pointing it out like, hey, you can't do that. And the umpires did yeah, a good yeah, job yeah. just calling yeah. it instantly. But I mean, that game got down to, I mean, they brought Marcio out of the, who's a Friday night guy to close out that game. And Oregon made it interesting. Oregon had first and third winning run at the plate and they hit a deep fly ball to right. But what a good season for yeah. Oregon. Oregon, we've been on since probably week two. We're like, dang, this team is good. And LSU went through that regional and earned a spot in the Supers. All right. So I was a very strong, strong advocate that LSU and Alabama should not have made the postseason. And I still stand by it. People clown my Twitter. You should have seen the people responding on my Twitter this morning. Oh, like, boy. as soon as LSU oh, won, they were all over me, which I love it. I love it. But I got I got I got to sit here and say, it. I don't take back what I said. I think LSU still shouldn't have gotten in. You can't, you can't judge a team. I mean, you can, if you want to, you can judge team based on their, you know, their performance in the postseason, as if they were deserving or not. Sure. Sure. LSU had shown that they belong, but I still stand by selection show Monday. They should not have gotten in. I, I still, think, but we still argued about that. I think for probably 10 minutes on one of our shows where I said, yes, they do belong in. You said no. And I think we were going to create a Twitter poll or something. And I mean, I thought they did enough winning like the last four SEC series. And I know they went, they lost to Georgia in SEC tournament, but I thought they still did enough to earn a spot now because their RPI was so high and I, I'm against RPI. Yeah, but, but, but they, but, but the thing was for me, like a losing record in the SEC, you got to remember a difference between let's say an SEC team and any other team in the country is depth. LSU or most of these teams have a fifth starter that can throw 90-92. He's not even in their top three rotation, but he's still probably a number two starter at a mid-major. Like, like the if, fifth you, guy if you put at, him at if you put him at right state, like he's starting at least Friday or Saturday. Yeah, he's probably their number two guy because yeah. most mid-majors have a solid number one. Like he's yeah. probably their number two guy. And that's where the depth comes in in the postseason. Like LSU just had bigger depth than some of these other schools like Oregon. And uh, I mean, not I wouldn't say it was that much of a difference between Oregon and LSU, but like Gonzaga, they just didn't have much gas left. Yeah, they and had Alex Jacobs. LSU, they, they had it. They had more. So that's where it's kind of like, but I mean, am I, am I mad at LSU for winning? Hell yeah, they make me look stupid. But I mean, good for them. Like, what they're, a they're good, good storyline, though. Like, Paul Maneri looked like he was in shock during it, like yesterday's game, the whole time. Like, didn't know how to make pitching changes. I mean, they kept, and he was just so wide eyed. Like, he was just like, wow, this is actually happening. He was, and he, 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 there was a quote that I liked. He was like, I mean, dude, we're going to keep winning. I'm, I mean, I'm retiring, but I'll, I'll keep going as long as this team keeps going. Like, it almost sounds like, it's the exact hey, same thing. It's the I'm exact done. same I'm playbook done, as Mike Martin, man. It's the exact same I'm playbook. Done, but I'll keep doing my job for a couple more days. Yeah, and and so shout out to Drew Bianco, who son of Mike Bianco from Ole Miss, going to a super regional. His dad's in a super regional as well, and he came mm -hmm. up clutch. And uh, I mean, like the whole LSU team just hit the ball. It was it was like they were like, hey, we're doing this for Coach Maneri. Like we want we don't want to be the disappointment in his last season. And Tennessee's going to have their hands full with that LSU team. Like, they finally believe now. And hey. talent-wise, <coughs> excuse me, talent-wise, they're not there. And pitching-wise, they're not there. But if they just keep piecing it together, I mean, you – No, dude, I think, I think it's not I, – I don't even think – I personally don't think it's close. I think Tennessee wins that regional – the Super Regional pretty easily. But, hey, remember the storyline the last time Paul Maneri left Knoxville. He was bitching and crying and complaining. Mental about breakdown. How mean they were how mean they were and how how not fair they were. I'm like, dude, it was a mental breakdown. Um, of course, he's going back there. Yes, and and he might get his revenge. Like LSU might be ready. If I'm Tennessee, I'm like, come on, like, I, they would have rather played Oregon, a thousand percent. They don't want to see LSU for a fifth or fourth and fifth time this year, because it's just so hard to beat a team that many times mm -hmm. in a row. A um, few other storylines before we wrap everything up. We still have a lot to talk about, but let's talk about Virginia's closer, Stephen Shush. Is it Shush or Shotch? Shotch. What a dude, man. What a guy. Like, just incredible demeanor about himself. And then his post-game interview was the I think funniest. It's scotch. I think it's Scotch, like the scotch. drink. 
Yeah. And I mean, he's just like the Kenny Powers of college baseball. And his interview he put on was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it was absolutely so hilarious. So good. He's he that guy gets it. He's just talking about like, hey man, I'm not gonna get all caught up in striking out the side. There's harder things in life you're gonna face. And he's like, dude, I'm just out here having fun. My teammates like me, my coaches, my friends, everybody likes me. And he's like, that's what I'm here for. That's what matters to me. Yeah. He's like, whether I give up a home run or strike out the side, that doesn't bother me. Like his, I, I'm just playing, I'm just enjoying the game. And his Twitter name is at Big Donkey. And that's exactly what he is. He's just a big donkey that you want closing out the game. One of the best closers in college baseball. Now he might be pitching here in a couple minutes because they actually just started the game, Virginia and yep. Old Dominion. And we'll be keeping our eyes on that. But let's talk about Dallas Baptist. I, I We've went the whole show kind of hinting at it. But Dallas Baptist, when I filled out, Dimitri, when I filled out my D1 bracket challenge, and it's an incredible grand prize this year. It's like full round trip to 2022 Omaha College World Series paid, whatever. I mean, great, great promotion. And so when I was filling it out, I was like, you know, everybody's going to have Arkansas or Mississippi State or Tennessee or Texas, whoever. I was like, what's my best chance of winning this bracket challenge? And I was thinking, you know, you got to pick a team that nobody else is going to pick to win it all. And I went through, I almost picked Old Dominion because I thought, you know, they kind of reminded me of the 2016 Coastal Carolina team. But I was like, you know, they're a one seed and a lot of people might have them in the College World Series. I was like, I'm going to pick a three seed that has the talent to compete with anybody and the kind of the position like what, what's the next step like a team that's been there before that's never been and I was like it's got to be Dallas Baptist uh, so I looked at their stats you know one through nine can really hit they have Jackson Glenn who potentially could be our mid-major player of the year I was looking at his stats like 19 home runs in the two hole uh, all around great player and I was like you know what this team has just enough and like a pretty easy regional compared to most three seeds I wasn't sold on TCU this whole year and like Oregon State yeah, it wouldn't have surprised me if Oregon State would have won. But T or Dallas Baptist yesterday, after losing a close one to Oregon State in the first regional final, came back yesterday and Andrew Benfield, Benefield, Benfield. hits a go-ahead go grand slam out of nowhere. I mean, I texted you. I said, Dallas Baptist is dead in like the fourth inning, didn't I, Dimitri? I said, Dallas Baptist is dead. And Oregon State just gave him enough life and, and walked the house and then Benefield hits a go-ahead grand slam, and and just after that moment, you knew Dallas Baptist was winning that game. And the umpire had to had to had and to make it about himself. He it, had to make it about himself. It was worse than the Elijah McNamee home run in the Super Regionals two years ago, where the umpires. Uh, it was, it might have been the same guy. guy. It might have been this. They look very similar. And and for the listeners at home, there's a viral video going around of this umpire taking off his mask, screaming, pointing, like just throwing a fit that he admired that home run. And he didn't even admire it for too long. It was like three seconds. Like he pimped it. Yeah, sure. Watched it go out of the ballpark. Big moment. Probably the biggest moment in Dallas Baptist baseball history. And of course he's going to watch it. Like if, if Oregon State would have done it, they would have done the same thing. And so Dallas Baptist gets a nice super regional opponent, I guess, like compared to most. They don't have to face any SEC team, no Big 12 team, no Pac-12 team potentially Virginia or Old Dominion, who are both really good. But this Dallas Baptist team, I think, has Omaha written them, like written all over. I think they're that sleeper team this year that gets in. People say, damn, I why didn't I think of them? <laughs> what were you going to hey, say? Your if Old Dominion out. wins today, Virginia going to Omaha. That's my pick. Um, let me repeat myself. Wait, what? If Old that Dominion wins no, today? That makes no sense. If Old Dominion wins today, I think Dallas Baptist goes to Super. If Virginia wins today, I think Virginia is going to go to uh, to Omaha. <laughs> okay. Like, you said, like, you said it backwards. Dominion, yes. I think if Old Dominion wins, I think Dallas Baptist will go to Omaha. But if Virginia wins, I think Virginia will go to Omaha. And the reason why is I think it's, it, it's the matchup. Virginia's got the pitching to yeah. to, domin to to win that Super. I, th I think because here's what we're looking at. It's a one-game thing now like whoever wins that game moving on like right. it's not about who's better it's about who can finish and i think virginia matches up better to go to omaha than old dominion does yeah and let's talk about let's talk about that regional real quick so 
it's Tuesday morning right now at almost 10 a.m. And Old Dominion and Virginia are playing the final game of the regional. Do you think it sucks waking up at nine or like you have to wake up at like probably six o'clock to get to the field and stretch for a 9 a.m. start Eastern time? I mean, it sucks, but at the same time, I'm pumped to see a Tuesday morning game to see who goes to a super regional. You're the, but, you're the last game. All eyes are on you. Yeah, all eyes are on, on, on them. And But going back to that regional, like South Carolina, they beat Virginia game one, and Old Dominion beats Jacksonville. Barely. They came back and beat them. Came back and beat them, and Virginia had them on the ropes the whole time, and then South Carolina had just a little bit of life, and they got to Virginia's bullpen. But then Virginia comes back and just has unbelievable performances out of their bullpen. And they had a guy, I forget his name, but he struck out like 16 of the 17 outs he got. Um, against um, ne- 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 Neakley. Neakley. No. Neakley. N-E-E-K-L-Y. Neakley. Had pitched five and two-thirds and had 16 strikeouts. Something like that. Yeah. And so Virginia battles all the way back to the losers bracket. Yeah, 24 of the 27 outs were strikeouts in that game. And they come back all the way through the losers bracket, eliminate South Carolina on their home field, and and win a game against Old Dominion to put it to this game on Tuesday. And I mean, Virginia, they were kind of like NC State, who started off slow in the ACC play and then really picked it up. And I mean, they're they're a damn good team. And yeah, that's a you team. You know, Virginia with your Omaha pick. That was my Omaha pick. I said that they were going to win the whole thing the first episode of the year, and that eh, I'm not going to say it's going to happen, but you're still out. alive. It's still alive. That's all you can ask for. And um, But that was a fun regional. I thought South Carolina's fans did a great job. And now they're hosting the Super Regional, no matter who wins. Dallas Baptist is going to Columbia to face the winner of Old Dominion. Yeah, they did confirm this. I guess no matter what, it's going to be at South Carolina. Yeah, and I think that's a good place to hold. I might actually go to that game. I'm only like two and a half hours from Columbia. And so I might go to one of those games this weekend just to check it out. And what was I going to say? Should. Yeah, but I'm pumped to see who wins that game because I think either way, both of those teams deserve to be in a Super Regional. Old Dominion's had a great season, and Virginia's really turned it on the last half of the season. Now, the last regional we're going to talk about before we get off is that Ruston Regional. And, dude, shout-out to NC State, man. Just shout-out to NC State. What a bunch of psychos. Like those te- that, that team has so much fun, and they just – Feel like they all love each other, and starting off one and AC one and eight in ACC play, everybody wrote them off, and boom, they're there in a super regional facing off against Arkansas. But no, like I want to give do what, and they have a legitimate chance to win. Oh, I know they're going to give Arkansas fits, man. Like Arkansas better not mess around. Kevin Cops better be ready to go Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, which because they're going to need him. And but just shout out to the Rust and Faithful. Um, Louisiana Tech put on an incredible uh, super regional. I thought the field looked great. I thought the fans all around the stadium were electric. It was a good time to see. And I love when mid-major programs host super, or host regionals. I think it's a, I don't know. I, I just think it's always a little special to me just because they don't get that opportunity very often. And like, I think the fans understand that. But great season from our Bulldogs at Louisiana Tech. Um, they support 11.7 really well. And they were they were just like one through nine in their order could really hit the baseball and they, they kind of lacked pitching and NC state took advantage of that, but you know, can't take away what they did this season. I thought Rustin was a fun regional to watch. Um, but NC state, like if you're an Arkansas fan listening to this, you do not want to play NC state right now. <laughs> do not. They are. They um, are mashing baseballs. Yes. Devante, uh, Brown, Devante Brown, like, He's one of my. He, I love that guy on NC State, dude. He played. He played. He played the game well. He's so smooth. really well. So smooth. Um. So I guess what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give out four players of the weekend. Uh, I'm gonna start with Nico Cavadas, the Greek freak from Notre Dame. What he hit five home runs, almost a sixth in three games. The kid was incredible. I mean, he looks like Kyle Schwarber eight. Um, like if Kyle Schwarber ate big poppy, like he's just huge, huge left-handed hitter biceps bigger than my thighs. And he's not really that tall. He's just stocky. Yeah. I mean, he looks a lot like if Daniel Vogelbach and and Kyle Schwarber from 20 combined and just sweet left-handed swing, tons of power. I mean, he was one of my players this weekend. Um, All right. Who else? 
Uh, you got to give it to Kevin Copps as well. 100%. Kevin Copps, MVP of the weekend. Um, you got to give it to uh, what's the kid's name from Drew uh, Gilbert. Yes, Drew Gilbert from Tennessee. Absolutely. Yep. And um, let's see. My fourth one, it's between a few guys. What's the guy? For, I, I'm blanking on his name from LSU, uh, the left fielder. Uh, Gavin Dugas. Dugas. I'm going to give it to Dugas just because of what LSU was facing. I mean, I think he hit three or four home runs this weekend as well. And I know I'm probably forgetting, like, the whole Texas Tech lineup. That's another good one. Um, Pitcher from Virginia. Pit- hey, by the way, I don't know if you know this, but in that Virginia game, um, Oh, let's also give it to Tim Elko as well. Griff I- McGarry, dude, he's he's electric. He had like a blister. Elko, dude, there's so many. You, I don't think you can pick four. Yeah, that's tough. Probably pick two. But really, dude, hell of a weekend. Old Dominion, Virginia, on now. Um, as, as you guys are listening to it, it'll it'll probably be over. Um, Ben, who are you taking? Uh, I'm taking. I think Old Dominion gets it done. I think they have a little bit of magic this year in that I'm team. Going, I'm going with Cavaliers. Oh, we'll see. We'll see then. But um, so I guess the plan moving forward, we're gonna have a show Thursday previewing all of these super regionals. Uh, we're gonna yeah. have a we're gonna have a good guest on. Um, also, shout out to New Jersey Institute of Technology. Uh, their Twitter official Twitter account loved us this weekend. They were hilarious on Twitter, and uh, they're getting us set up with an interview. I don't know if you saw this yet, Dimitri, but late last night, yeah. got us set up with Brand an interview County. with Brand County. Yeah, with their with their captain, and so he's gonna tell the story about. Uh, his experience at Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah. And I think, you know, even if you're just an average college baseball fan, you're going to like listening to this because that's a school that I don't even know if they have like a legitimate home field. Like, I think it's like a park basically. And they make it to remember how they got in. Yeah. They got in with some, with some drama. And so they get into the regional, get sent to Fayetteville. And those guys had just probably a lifetime experience there. Something they'll remember forever and ever and tell their grandkids that, but yeah, we're going to, we're going to talk with him and then we'll probably have another interview with someone from D one baseball, like whether it's Kendall Rogers or Aaron fit or Mike Rooney, Kyle Peterson, potentially, we're going to have another big name guest on Thursday uh, just because we think this is the best time of the year and we want to hear their opinions and all that. So um, besides that, man, it was a packed weekend. I'm sure we left out some stuff. I mean, my paper, like my preview paper oh, dude, that I wrote dude, down I mean, is I mean, written all over. I mean, I've got Stifler, Jacob, Gilbert, ODU, Old Dominion, um, Cop, Ben Murphy, Fairfield. Was there any regionals I mean, we did hey, not shout talk out to about? Fairfield. Shout out to Fairfield. Yeah, Fairfield. No, we talked about every regional. Yeah. We talked about Texas running through their regional, but we skipped over Fairfield. Dude, those guys, hey, they belong. They show that they belong. Yeah, and they, I mean, they beat- I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know – there was no other team better than them because I'm not going to say that because I think there was other better teams like Pitt could have been in the field. I'm not saying they should have replaced Fairfield, but um, hey, Fairfield showed up and they played ball. I mean, they won the game. I mean, I went 0-4 in my regional, so I can't say that I ever won a regional game. So shout out to Fairfield. <laughs> yeah, and they, and they had Arizona State on the ropes before Arizona State walked them off. But What do you got... mean? Fairfield beat them. No, they didn't. They, beat... they played Texas in the final. Oh yeah! You, oh yeah! 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 They, what are you talking about? They lost the walk off the first game, and then they played Texas in the final and just had no pitching left. It was funny. The Fairfield starter, I think uh, Kendall Rogers tweeted about it. He never play, He never pitched an inning all year. Yeah, and he walks. It it's like, hey, here's Texas, and he goes ahead and walks like the first four batters. But um, besides that, I mean, I think we could just ramble on forever. But um, that's going to pretty much wrap up the show. Anything else that? We need to talk about besides the balls just being absolutely juiced one more time. <laughs> dude, they were juiced. And they're a hundred percent juiced. Dude, honestly, dude, Omaha is gonna be better for it. Um, I want to see action. I want to see <laughs> your internet um, cut out again. All right, well, the way Omaha's always been is like a blooper or a line driving around. I want to see some bombs, I want to see some big momentum changes. Yeah, and we're, we're going to have it, man. This has been it's just such a fun tournament. But we'll be back Thursday uh, with a couple guests. And uh, you guys stay tuned yep. on Twitter. We've got some big things planned ahead. So appreciate everybody. And uh, you guys have a fun rest of your week. See you guys Thursday slash Friday. <laughs>